Life Audio. Don't let yourself get lulled into complacency as a Christian. Don't become an apathetic Christian. Ask yourself, who would I be if not for Christ? We want to be transformed. We want people to know that we have a hope outside of this world. They should see something different in you. And you know how that usually manifests? In the way that you treat people, especially people that you don't like or who don't like you, (laughs) the way that we treat our quote unquote enemies, the way that we live out forgiveness, the way that our daily life is shaped by values that are associated with what Christ has taught us. That's actually how we become transformed. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. This is our very last episode in the Book of Romans. It's also our last fresh episode for the season um, and for the year. And I have just really enjoyed this journey with you. I mean, there's there's something to be said about really committing to say we're going to spend 16 whole weeks in the Book of Romans, really trying to apply our mind to understand what God has for us in this. And I think it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome for me. I hope it's been awesome for you. And I'm glad that we've had this time together. So here's what I want to do today as we wrap up. I want to spend a little bit of time in Romans chapter 16, kind of working through with our normal method, Romans 16. But then also, I want to invite you to really ask the question, what is the book of Romans about? If you were going to answer that question, if you were going to share your wrap up, and I'm going to share my wrap up um, of what I really have taken from Romans, if you were just going to be in an elevator with someone and they were like, hey, tell me what the book of Romans is about, what would you say? So we're going to do that together. It's a great exercise to help you know like what you've retained and what's really come to the surface for you. Obviously, we could read Romans year after year and get fresh insight and a fresh word from God. So we know that's a part of it. But at the same time, I do think it's important to be able to articulate like what you've learned and what it's taught you about who God is, about who you are. So we're going to do that together as well. So we're in the final chapter um, of Romans. And this is this is an interesting chapter because it's one that maybe your eyes want to skip over, kind of like genealogies or <laughs> long lists of people's names in the book of Numbers. But I want to point out a couple of things uh, just about biblical interpretation that are really powerful in Romans chapter 16 and So if you haven't read it yet, I would invite you to do so. What you're going to find is that most of the chapter is a series of greetings. It's actual personal names. Paul is referring to to people who are part of the church, who are working for the church. I did a quick list um, just kind of through the chapter and underlined every name or sort of place that Paul refers to a group of people. I came up with 39 names and groups of people that Paul is referring to. Now, doing this just alone, just that practice is like, oh my gosh, this was written in a historical time, in a historical place, to real people, to people who were coming to know Christ. I mean, just think about that idea that like so early on in um, the, the, the birth of the church, we already have Paul listing out no less than 39 names of people and groups of people that are getting this letter. Like that's the explosion that is Jesus Christ and his way, like throughout the ancient world and how 
fascinating it is and encouraging it is to think about the idea that before people had Bible studies and churches and fellowship groups and all the things that we know about Christianity, it was just word of mouth. It was people to people telling the stories of God's people, telling the stories of God's work in the world, and then telling the stories of the life of Jesus and what Jesus taught and how he backed up his teaching with miracles and how the ultimate miracle was that Jesus would sacrifice his life for us and that by faith alone, we come to be followers of Christ and that you can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Like That was the message that was being spread from one person to the next to the next. Imagine what that would be like. Imagine what would need to happen in your heart. It wouldn't just be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I think I'll follow that because actually it would be very difficult. It was very difficult to follow Jesus at this time. Widespread persecution. People died for their faith. So you you think about what would be the experience of a person that would have them believe in Jesus. Well, the, the experience of a person would be seeing other people transformed seeing other people who live with freedom, seeing other people who live without fear of the government, without fear of their life, seeing people who are living from a place of love and compassion for for their enemies, for those who have hurt them. That's what stands out about Christians. If you take away everything that you know and all of the—it's very difficult to do this, but if you imagine like all the structures of Christianity going away and you ask yourself, what would— what would make someone become interested in a life of following Christ? Well, what would make someone interested was seeing someone's life transformed. And I just want to invite all of us. Um, obviously, you guys are here in Bible study. You you found this podcast. You're committed. You're in the Facebook group, whatever, which means and tells me that you have been walking in faith or interested in faith for a while. And I think this is a great opportunity when we see these names in chapter 16 to ask the question, how is my life different because of Jesus? How is it manifest in my life, in my behaviors, in my emotions, in my actions, in my attitude? What does it look like? Like, Who would I be if it were not for Christ? Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to UnityWeekend.com. That's UnityWeekend.com. 
www.ministryofhope.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Have you ever just done a, a rewind on your life and been like, if Jesus Christ had not gotten a hold of my life, who would I be? Who would I be if I lived as a slave to the world? What are my proclivities? What are my patterns that I could imagine playing out if Christ had not intervened in my life? If I was not a person who had experienced the freedom of forgiveness, if I was not a person who experienced what it means to have the Holy Spirit in me, who gives me direction and comfort and guidance, guys, we need to do that work. Like, don't let yourself get lulled into complacency as a Christian. Don't become an apathetic Christian. Ask yourself, who would I be if not for Christ? And honestly, if you don't know the answer to that, then I would invite you right now to pray and say, God, help me see you in my life. Like, we want to be transformed. We want people to know that we have a hope outside of this world. They should see something different in you. And you know how that usually manifests? in the way that you treat people, especially people that you don't like or who don't like you, (laughs) the way that we treat our quote-unquote enemies, the way that we live out forgiveness, the way that our daily life is shaped by values that are associated with what Christ has taught us. That's actually how we become transformed. We are people. Your names are like the names in chapter 16. You are a person who is carrying the message of Christ forward to your community, to a new generation. We are like these names. And these names, I mean, guys, one day, I believe in heaven, we'll get to meet these people. And we get to say, tell me about how you found out about Jesus and how it changed your life. And guess what? I got to read your name in a book in 2021. That's what your life meant. And that's how your life mattered. That is incredible. And for every name here, there are millions and millions of other names that we don't know who are a part of this same story. You are a part of this same story. We are Romans 17. (laughs) We're a continuation of that same story. It's so encouraging. It's so powerful to know that. So we've got these greetings, personal greetings to real people. And then the other thing that I want to point out is that within these greetings, you may have missed this if you haven't heard this chapter taught or preached or you haven't read it, is that there's, there's several female names in this chapter. And so this chapter actually becomes a place where people do a lot of biblical interpretation around women in leadership. Now, it is not the purposes of this podcast to talk about that. Obviously, I'm a female in leadership. I'm a female pastor. So I have a personal like interest in, in what this means and my own journey through um, being called to teach and to preach and to lead. But for many of us, we've been taught lots of different things. And I want to point out that Romans chapter 16 is one of those places. It's a place called a proof text, meaning a place that you can go to say, okay, what does this mean? about what it means for women to be in ministry. And again, that's a long conversation that we can't have right now, but I do want to commend you if you're interested in that, and particularly check out um, a couple of places. First of all, in 16.3, the first name mentioned is Priscilla. It would be unusual for a female name to be mentioned before a male name. So that stands out right away. And then verse 7 is what is often uh, debated and discussed, where it says, Greet Andronicus and Junia. And Junia is a female name. So at first, there was a translation where that name was actually switched to Junius, 
So it was a male name. But through biblical scholarship and discovery, they've realized, you know, the original text said Junia. Junia is unequivocally a female name. The reason many people believe it was changed, transcribed to Junius is because people were like, well, there's no way that a female could be an apostle because it says, greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles and they were in Christ before I was. So people take that that verse and they interpret it different ways. And there's a lot of different ways to pull that apart. One of them is, does this verse mean they were outstanding to the apostles, like the apostles themselves were were helped by them? Or does it mean that they were a version of apostle? They wouldn't be the original apostles, which is Jesus's disciples plus Paul. They, they wouldn't be those original apostles. But you can use the word apostle like a, a small a apostle, meaning people who build the church, people who lead the church. And if this, in fact, says that, then it's actually calling Junia an apostle, which was a top shelf leader in the church. So again, this is a place where people will go and wrestle through and understand what does it mean for women to be in ministry? And there's a lot of different opinions on that. But what I want you guys to know, wherever you stand, if you don't know where you stand, or if you have a very firm stance, either direction, what I want you to know more than anything is look at how many women are mentioned in this chapter. If you know nothing else, no matter how you feel about where women belong in the church, look at how many women are mentioned here. Women have always been an essential and crucial and critical part of the message of Jesus Christ spreading through the world. That is not arguable. The idea that only men are called to spread the message, that is not true. And so we have to look at that and say, okay, how that works out in my theology and my understanding of women in the church, I have to do that work myself. So I want to commend to you a book called The Blue Parakeet by Scott McKnight. This is a book about biblical interpretation that I draw from heavily in my own teaching. But what Scott does, he's a professor, what he does in the end of the book is he says, hey, let's use biblical interpretation, and I want to do a case study around women in ministry. Let's look at all of the troubling texts, all of the different texts, the places where it says that women should be silent, the places like Romans chapter 16, where it seems to appear that women are in top levels of leadership. Let's look at all of those texts together and draw some biblical interpretations about what it might mean. So if you want to continue to explore this topic, I would recommend this book. I think it's a great place to start if you want to do that work. Um, You may or may not be interested in that work, uh, but you you never know. You may have a sister or a daughter or a spouse that this becomes very pertinent to their life because we, we want to live out the calling that God has given each one of us, and we all have a responsibility to do so. So I would encourage you to check that out, um, especially if this is a new conversation for you or something that you haven't considered before. So we see that. Um, that like spirit of women and men working together, brothers and sisters working together in this chapter. And then we get a final warning in chapter 16. And I think it's important whenever there's final words, those really stand out to me. Like, okay, Paul's written this like long letter, the doctrine of God, the understanding of salvation. And he's got like one more thing to say in the midst of all these greetings and all these people who are out there doing the work. And that's in verse 17. And he talks about being shrewd being wise about people. 
and he gives some behaviors, some red flag behaviors that he says to look out for in the church. Verse 17, it says, watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. We all have a responsibility, including you listening to this podcast, to be wise and discerning to say, is this person who's leading me, leading me toward biblical truth, toward love, toward unity, or is this person leading toward division and strife and obstacles? And every single one of us is called to do that work. Paul's like, hey, if you're reading this last thing, I want you to know. You have got to look out for these red flag behaviors. Who is causing division? Who causes strife? Who creates obstacles? Paul actually says, stay away from people like that. So the first thing we have to do is we have to look to ourselves and be like, how am I prone to do that? In what way might I do that? How can I ask God to give me um, a sensitive spirit toward the way that I might create obstacles for someone in the faith? And then we have to have eyes to be discerning about people around us who may do this. Let me give you an example that might be very uncomfortable. (laughs) If you've ever been in a small group and you've experienced a small group Bible study and you've experienced someone who is gossiping, meaning a person who talks poorly about another person, and what they might do is they might couch it in a prayer request, but in reality, they're speaking very poorly about another person. They're sharing uh, privileged information about another person. According to Romans 16, you would actually call that out in that person in your small group, not necessarily to the whole group, but you may say, hey, Shannon, I notice that the way that you talk about XYZ doesn't feel edifying. And I feel like I need to point that out to you as a sister in Christ, that we're meant to be sensitive and and look for the best in others. And I know you need us to pray about this particular person, but maybe we could do that uh, without really throwing them under the bus. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, I hate conflict. I would never do that. Well, Scripture has a lot to say about conflict. Maybe we'll talk about that in 2022. But I do think that with the right heart, if your heart is for Shannon and your heart is for her to grow, we do need to be able to do that work with one another, especially when we're talking about work that creates division, strife, or obstacles in the family of believers. This is a very different conversation than a conversation about um, bad behavior, power dynamics, abuse in the church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your run-of-the-mill, we're just here being human beings together, and how do we call each other to account to be people who actually edify other believers, who edify the church, who build others up? So that's something to look for in yourself, perhaps in your circles around you, and just to think about what that might look like, because that's kind of Paul's final word for us here in Romans. It's like, hey, and in closing, I want to make sure that you're wise about other people. And we all need to do that. We've got to be wise about other people and wise about the way that we love, the way that we create unity in the body and unity in our families, but also the ways that ourselves or others might create division or strife because Paul says, no, none of that. It's a huge theme in the New Testament. So, all right, that's chapter 16. That's the end. It wraps up and it is the end. And I want to read the last couple of verses, 25 through 27, because I mean, come on, sounds so good. What a benediction. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God. 
so that all Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What a book. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So in closing, as we think about the whole thing, Romans 1 through Romans 16, I have a challenge for you. I would love for you to take a look at your notes or even just kind of flip through your Bible as you do so and you look from Romans 1 through Romans 16. I think different things will come back to mind, different um, insights that you've received, different words that stick out to you. And I want to encourage you to do a wrap-up of the book of Romans. If, If you and I were passing each other at church and you just said to me, yeah, I just finished the book of Romans. And I said, oh, what's it about? What would be your answer? How would you answer the question, what is the book of Romans about? You can answer in one sentence or one paragraph, whatever feels right to you. I would encourage you to ask the question, what is the book of Romans about? What would I say the answer is to that for someone who might be curious? What might I say to them that would actually inspire them to want to read the book for themselves. So I've written just a short little closing uh, wrap up of the book of Romans for all of us today. I want you to do the same. If you're in the Facebook group and you want to include your wrap up, I'd love to see it. I'd love to um, just be encouraged by it. We can encourage one another to do the work because it's not my words that matter. It's the words from your heart. It's what God's done in you and what God's doing through you in the life that you're living the way again, Knowledge of scripture means nothing if it does not lead to transformation. It's in the transformation. It's in the way it's applied to our life. It's in this hidden work that God does when we're in his word and we experience deep within us a transformation of the way that we view the world, a transformation of our belief system, of our understanding of ourselves and of other people. 
It's the way that our eyes begin to be opened to God magnificently and intimately working all around us and inviting us to that work with him. It's in the way that we experience that we are not just changed by Christ. We are actually made alive in Christ that I just wasn't a quote-unquote bad person who sinned before Christ. I was actually dead before Christ. And because of Christ and by faith, I'm able to be alive in Christ. It's in all of those fundamental truths that begin to change and work out their way in, in our conversation and in our, in our beliefs and in our behaviors and in our relationships. That's where the Word of God matters. Knowledge alone does nothing. It says in 1 Corinthians, knowledge puffs up but love builds up. It is in the way that we are transformed by the love of God that we will be effective and productive in our life with Christ on earth. So that's what actually matters. And that's why it matters so much to me that you do this work for yourself, that you actually say, okay, what is the book of Romans about? How am I transformed by this book? How is this time that I've spent in the last 16 weeks not wasted because it's changing me? And I am different because of it. That's what matters. It doesn't matter if this is the first time you've read Romans or the 48th time you've read Romans. God has something for you that will actually work its way out in your life today. This is my wrap up of the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the truth about sin. It's the power of faith. Being alive in Christ, released from the law, free in the spirit, suffering for a reason more than conquerors in this world mercy always reigns for israel and for us now we are transformed so at work and at home whether weak or strong we fulfill the law with love we need each other and everyone matters but let's be wise seek unity and love not division or strife for him who is able and who has done it, we sing amen. Amen, everyone. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.